Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to another episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. Today is Friday. Thank the Lord. I know we are all in lockdown. Well, literally half the population right now. But I'm still very excited that it's Friday and that it's the weekend. So I can go out and do... Actually, let's be honest, I'm not going to do anything because we're all in lockdown, like I said. (laughs) But anyway, today is Friday, so that means I am releasing an episode for my Let's Chat interview series, and I am so excited to release today's episode. Oh my goodness. I recorded this one a bit ago, and I've just been, uh, just, 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 just cannot wait to release it and share it, just cannot wait to share this with you all, because it is with none other than the founder of ZFeed. Now, those of you that live under a rock and haven't heard of ZFeed, let me let me break it down for you. It is this incredible independent news platform, which, you know, we here at the Nasty Woman Club love, since, you know, we too are an independent news platform. And yes, this incredible platform is run by journalist Crystal Andrews. She's the editor, she is the founder, she is the writer, she is the planner, she is the PR person, she is everything. And that is why I'm so excited to share with you all our conversation because her and I, oh my god, we both live in the same world where we are both literally going crazy (laughs) trying to run an independent platform on our own and do everything ourselves. So... Literally, this conversation, you're just going to be hearing a lot of, oh my god, yes, I'm the same. Oh my god, me too. That's pretty much this entire conversation. But yes, if you want a little inside look at the world of journalism and the media world, I think this is definitely a great interview for you to check out. And also just to see how Crystal created her incredible platform, ZFeed, and why she's so passionate about creating news that's not just informing people about what's going on it's educating them explaining to them because let's be real the news right now it's very complicated it's very full-on and very confusing so thanks to incredible people like crystal for making the news more understandable anyway i will stop yabbering on and i will head on over to my interview with the fabulous crystal andrews Crystal, my dear, thank you so much for coming on to the Nasty Woman Club podcast. It's nice to actually see your face. I love it. I know. So nice to actually see you and speak to you, Demi, as opposed to just like trading DMs. (laughs) Yes, I feel like I just like 
like read all your research and information so much on your Instagram feed. So it's nice to actually, yeah, like hear your voice and just, yeah, be able to talk to you, not just about like all the news that is going on in the world. Just have a real conversation. Yes, have a real conversation. <laughs> yes. So for all my guests on the Nasty Woman Club podcast, I always ask them some questions about the last thing that is on their phone. Now, I'm very curious what yours is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> as someone that's yeah also in the, the media game, that's also in news media, the stuff that's on our phones is just always the weirdest stuff. So I have to, I have to, hopefully you are the same as me and have just weird notes of ideas of stories. So... First thing is, what was the last thing you wrote on your notes app on your phone? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I don't know if I'm like a bad media person. And I think as well, because I've been working from home for quite a lot, like quite a lot. I don't use my notes app that much. Mm -hmm. So it might not be that recent, but let's see what we've got. Okay. The last note that I have in here. (laughs) So it just said, it's just the whole note is one line. Mm -hmm. And that one line says, resilience themes for 2021 books that's it I don't know where this was supposed I don't know where that was going that's all it says yeah (laughs) yeah that is always the weirdest thing with your notes you just find the most weirdest stuff and you don't even look at it for weeks or months later and you're just like what does that even mean what does that even mean no and I think it's because the act of taking the note like whether you're typing it on your phone or whether you write it down Mm. that's what lodges it in my brain so the yeah. fact that I've written it down somewhere actually means that I don't need to go back to the note because writing it down, put it in my brain. But if I didn't do that, it would, it would not stay lodged in there. So I'm the exact same. Yes. I'll write things down and I don't even look back at it. I just like use that information straight away. Be like, Oh yeah, I wrote this earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So I you, remember. Yeah. So are you a physical note person then? Like when you come up with ideas for your stories for Z feed or you're not a phone? I'm a mess. I'm an actual mess. Like I'm the last person that anybody should take advice on. I have like physical notes, the same as my notes app. It's like random thoughts, half lines, lists that I start, but I don't stop. And I also start crossing them off, but I don't finish crossing things off. So I've got physical notes. I've got notes on my phone app. I've got lots of um, Google documents that have like that start out as note documents and then just stop. I really need to go through my drive and- and delete those like there's just crap everywhere I don't know this is probably also why why I can't sleep because I go to bed (laughs) and then it's like all these notes just come rushing back into my mind but don't take advice from me I'm a mess I take notes everywhere (laughs) I'm the same too I have started that many google docs being like okay these are gonna be my ideas for each week for the news for nasty woman club and I'm gonna have it all scheduled out or organized and it's just like no I've got like 10 different starting ones and they just no (laughs) it's always a mess it's it's amazing how I get anything done. Like there's also the sticky notes app on my mm. MacBook. And I actually was um, flying back to Sydney uh, last week on budget night. So uh-huh. as I landed, uh, Josh Breidenberg had just started doing his budget speech. So I was streaming it on my phone, like through my headphones, the plane had landed. So it was like fine. Yeah. Um, but bad journalists, like didn't have, I don't know. I just didn't have like a notepad or anything. And because I was already streaming on my phone, I couldn't take any notes in my notes app. So I got my like boarding pass out and I was just scribbling notes on the back of the boarding <laughs> pass. By the time I got home, I was like, I don't actually, I don't know what <laughs> these notes are. 
I don't know what these are. Oh, God. Called. Yes. All right. I think you win at weirdest place to write notes. I think the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest place I've written my notes is like on the back of like some um, bank envelope. Like when, like, you know, like, you know, when the bank sends you a bunch of mail. Your statements. Yeah. Yes. All my statements and stuff. I literally was just like writing on all my envelopes. Like when I was cleaning out my desk the other day, I just found all this mail. I'm just like, I haven't even opened this mail, but there's all these notes all over them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's glad we have a both completely contextless, but you know that must mm-hmm. be what it's like to um work on your own media venture. It's just yes. everything's got shitty notes on it. <laughs> the reality of it all, yes. All right, so I'm very interested now in the second thing. That's the last thing on your okay. phone. Last thing you Google searched. Oh, okay. This will be quite interesting. Mm. Let's have a look. <laughs> what okay. Would we, what would we do without Google? I swear, like. I would not have this business if I didn't have Google. So the last thing, the last thing I searched was um, Addison Ray feather, feather hair extension. Yes, that's a comeback now, apparently. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I just did a post on that this morning um, because Addison Ray, huge TikTok star, has been spotted sporting the 2010 era feather hair extension, which is very much giving me Kesha, Selena Gomez vibes. Yes. Um, so I just needed a little bit more information before I posted that this morning. <laughs> so it was a quick Google search to see who had the most details. Yes, we, we, we really do report on the important stuff, don't we? Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> I love when I go through my Google search and yeah, I just have like, because we're both the same, we report on, you know, like the very serious topics. And then we also have, you got to have your fluff pieces. You got to have that. And it's just such a weird mix of Google searches. Like mine will go from one second being like, um, what's the, we'll go about the COVID-19 rates in India or what's happening in Palestine. And then next minute, my Google search is just like number of people using vibrators. Like it's just such a weird (laughs) mix. (laughs) I think I also search some really embarrassing things that I should know. Like I'll use Google to spell check a lot of the time as well. It's like, am I using this word right? Or what's a different word for this? Which is embarrassing. I should know those things, but nobody knows everything. Let me Google it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, what can we do without Google? Mm -hmm. And then the third thing I have to ask about what is on your phone. I need to know, firstly, are you a screenshot person? Like say if you have- Oh my God. Say if you're like scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, and you have a story idea and you just screenshot it. What was the last screenshot you took on your phone? Yes, I'm a big screenshot person. Um, I'll exclude like I've got a I've got a lot of screenshots of things from like C feeds account so that I don't like lose messages that people send me so I can get back to them. So the last thing independent of me that I screenshot was oh what is this? Okay, so it's a Facebook post shared by GQ Australia with Depop about Lime Cordial's top sustainable tips. Again, don't really know why I screenshot that, but there it is. (laughs) There it is. But there's lots of like tweets in here as well. Like I'll screenshot tweets that I want to revisit Mm -hmm. because I I don't like to keep, I mean, I'm sure you'll be the same, Mm. but too many tabs stresses me out. Uh-uh, and it I gets bad. It gets really bad. So then I just go, you know, I need to actually just kill this tab monster <laughs> that I've got. So if there's something I don't want to leave a tab open for, but I want to revisit, it's just like a, a little cheeky screenshot. Yeah. But it's always so hard to delete a tab because, you, because you're just, because obviously like you, you and I, we both run our own news media platforms 
on our own. No one else there to help us. And mm-hmm. it's so hard trying to decide which stories we want to publish, which ones we don't. And then it's it's just like such a big deal when you have to be like, okay, no, I'm going to get rid of this tab. I'm not going to do this story. It's just, it's it's very nerve wracking because you're just like, did I make the right decision? Did I? Yes. And deleting the tab really feels like letting something go. Yes, you're like, I'm sending this does. back out. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a lot of decision-making on very minute things. It's like oh such a God, small yes. thing, but it's, <laughs> it's big in our world, I guess. Yes, it is. Yes. Like if it's the correct font or if your logo is too big on a graphic or if you're using the right amount of, if the caption's too long, not too long, or just too many decisions in a day of the most too many decisions, too many little things. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So I have to ask though. So before Z feed, before you started this very educational news media platform, which is Oh, can I just say so helpful for me when oh, I just thank you. It's just such it's just such a good explainer. It doesn't like talk down to you, like your work. It just very much just to the point, good explainers, just of things that might be a bit confusing for people. So before the whole world of Z feed, before you created that, what was your background in journalism? Like were you someone that just always wanted to start your own media company or what was your background there? Um, I never, ever thought that I would start my own business, like as a, you know, as like a teenager, or even when I was starting out in the industry, like the the aspiration was never to own my own anything that came much later. Um, But I have always wanted to work in media. I always wanted to be a journalist. My origins were very much it was lifestyle journalism that I wanted to do. Like wasn't even news journalism. So it's really interesting where I've ended up, but I, um, went to university when I graduated I you know did the internships and everything that you've got to do and I actually started uh, working as a editorial assistant and then a features assistant at um, Fox magazine which was a national like luxury very luxury luxury lifestyle publication mm-hmm. um, and it was based out of Perth which is where I'm from and that's really rare like all of the media industry is in Sydney and a little bit of Melbourne so um, at that time, you know, Box was really the only one that was in Perth. So I was stoked to get a job there because then I could, you know, stay in my hometown. Mm. Um, I did that for a number of years. I like kind of worked my way up to being the editor there, which was super exciting and just a really like formative experience. I think at the same time as that was happening, the digital disruption of media was really like going full force. So Box was a really true print product it was quarterly beautiful very luxe but that space was getting like difficult um it was hard to convince advertisers to spend there when digital was just kind of changing everything um so then I actually moved to Sydney and took up a role as a digital partnerships editor at uh the now um no longer Alua Media which published like Pop Sugar, Who What Wear, Birdie and My Domain and those were the brands that I worked across so like the women's mm-hmm. lifestyle brands um so that was a really crucial I think that really shaped the rest of my career that shift from print pure print to pure digital because both of those Alua and Box like neither one had the other Box didn't have digital titles and Alua didn't have print titles Mm. Um, and I think that shift and that change really cemented for me it's like oh I enjoy working and writing in the digital space like I would never go back to magazines or like a print newspaper after that that just wasn't for me I think I liked being able to have 
I liked my work to be able to like go out to people immediately. <laughs> it's really like selfish, but that instant gratification of like, it's, you know, it's been written, it's been subbed or whatever. It's been checked by who it needs to be checked by, whatever it might be. And then it's out there. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the, and then also the, I think the other thing that was interesting is that role was commercial as well. So I'd gone from like print to digital and I'd also gone from editorial to commer- purely commercial. And that has been one of the most beneficial um, changes that I made in media because I actually understood how the whole ugly thing is funded, how it all works. And then I understood why the industry is so fucked. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going in with eyes open. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then from there, I went to Daily Mail where I did a similar role on the commercial team. Um, But that was obviously a more blended, like it's news, but it's also entertainment and lifestyle and all these other things. So that was pretty amazing. Um, All the while, Z Feed was kind of, being born and ticking along the side um but I started doing that full-time September last year yeah wow so that's so, the journey that's the journey <laughs> wow so how how did like Z feed happen then while you were working for other publications like did you feel like there was something missing because obviously like you know like as we're we're both journalists and we both mm-hmm. have like a niche that we're passionate about like we just want to like you know we just want to write about our passion or like write a certain way did you feel like the current publications you were writing for like it wasn't you know you couldn't write the way you wanted to write was that like how you're feeling like you wanted to do more explainers of the hardcore new stuff I think it wasn't so much that I couldn't write what I what I wanted to write but Mm. I so I have a younger sister who's 10 years younger than me I'm like a square squarely in the middle of the millennial generation and she's like right in the middle of gen z Mm -hmm. um and we're like very similar we talk a lot like we're super close and i remember talking to her about like where her and her friends get their news from like do they have you know do they really love triple j hack or like you know what do they like um and i distinctly remember she was like well i don't really like what do you mean i just read the news that i get as in like, if they see something on social media that interests them, they'll click on it and read it, but they don't have like destinations that they go to. They're not loyal readers of like the Sydney Morning Herald or news.com.au. Like they don't know the brands. They just consume what's in front of them. And I was like, oh, that's an issue. (laughs) That's an issue because there is so much politics in Australia behind who owns and operates those brands that if you're not making conscious decisions about what to consume, you'll have no idea about the point of view of the information that you receive. On top of that, you know, she is really interested in activism and getting involved, being informed, advancing causes. But the news doesn't do that for you. The news just tells you what the new thing is. It's like the the latest development. But if you aren't able to sit down, take time, read like, five, six, seven more different articles about that subject. Like when you click on a news headline, you don't get that much information about the background and the context. And I feel like, I felt like those were the conversations we were having is like, we were talking about things that had just happened, but I was having to explain the broader context behind it because I'm reading this stuff all the time. Like I'm in it. Mm. Um, And so those kind of things together were like, okay, maybe there needs to be something that's targeted towards young people that lives on 
you know, that has a great social media presence so that they can consume it and identify it. But rather than just like telling them the news, I can't compete with like news.com.au. I can't compete with like the Sydney Morning Herald. But what I can do is go, okay, before you like dive into this news story on one page, here's like everything that you need to know about the background. I can just explain the context for you and then you can use that to be more engaged. And like, as those things kind of started to come together, I guess it yeah, it kind of grew into what feet is now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love that so much because it is so true especially with the whole thing that there's just so much clickbait headlines like that seems to be the big thing right now and some people just use clickbait headlines to get all their information because some people just don't have the energy or time or can't be bothered to do all the research so I think that's what's so great like with companies like yours it does all the research for you so it's all in one place so you actually get the full story it's not just because the thing is as well, I know people I know people say like I've heard people say like, oh, news isn't biased, it's not meant to be biased. It's all biased. Okay. Uh-huh. It's all it, there's biased. no such thing as like unbiased news or an unbiased journalist. Like that's not a real thing. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Because like for example, you and I, we wouldn't write a story saying like COVID isn't real or something like that. We wouldn't write a story saying, oh, Trump is the greatest person in the world. We wouldn't write stuff like that. Like, but whereas like maybe Fox News might. So it's just very, I really hate when people say it's not biased. So I think it is, like you said, it is very important that you know where you get your news from. You got to be careful where there's a lot of news places where they do value certain views that might not actually align with yours. Yeah. And it's interesting because like, I wouldn't even necessarily say that means that you should never like, for example, the Australian, Mm. that doesn't necessarily mean that you should never, ever read any of the Australians content. I mean, they're behind a paywall. So if you're not subscribing, you, you can't really, but let's pretend that's not the case. If it, if it, if it came across your path and you thought it was interesting based on the headline, that doesn't mean, Oh, it's the Australian don't read it. That just means when you read it, be aware of the lens that that organization, that those writers, that those journalists have. And it just means you have to make sure you're also holding the information and their point of view at the same time in your mind. So you go, okay, I can maybe investigate some of these from a different point of view and see if it lines up. Because a lot of the time, like straight news in particular, it's going to be relatively the same on all different publications. It's kind of more when you get into like the positioning the analysis and the opinion pieces that's when you need to just it doesn't mean like boycott different titles that you don't agree with it just means like know where they're coming from um yeah yeah, same with like the guardian read the guardian but know that they have a much more progressive and left-leaning view of things um and that also can be you know that can influence the stories they write just as much as the more conservative titles influence the stories that they write you know there's a place for kind of all of it you just need to be aware yeah exactly yeah i think it's important people don't put themselves in a bubble i definitely mm-hmm. don't think people should do that but just know the context and know where it's coming from and then i think yeah like if you do see a headline from maybe an organization that is conservative and you're not conservative like if you want to consume it consume it but then yeah understand that oh that's where they're getting it from maybe I should look at the comparison and then like see I think people just need to be more analytical when they get their news whereas whereas before like just even like a decade so ago people would just read the newspapers or watch news on tv and it was just all very orchestrated and to the point this is what the news is 
no other way of looking at it. Yeah. So I think it's up to us to make sure we actually analyze the news ourselves rather than just taking what these organizations give us kind of thing. Absolutely. Like variety is brilliant. Like it's amazing that we have lots of different sources now. Um, so long as we know how to kind of synthesize them. And I think media literacy is like a huge thing that probably needs to be, I'm biased about this topic because it is my industry, but I feel like there needs to be better media literacy education in schools, particularly high schools, just to equip people from the get-go. It's like, it would be much easier if you just knew this stuff to begin with, it would make your life easier and better. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I have to ask some nitty gritty details about ZP just so I can find out if if you've experienced some same things as I have, because I definitely assume you have. So for example, setting up the whole ZFeed website, I know some people may think like, oh, it's just setting up a website. But I have to ask how frustrating and overwhelming was it? Like, you know, just like picking a logo or picking what kind of color scheme you got to do, even the font of what you choose or how often you write it. Like how, how has that been for you setting that all up? Because the thing is as well, we both run our own media companies mm-hmm. alone. So we don't have anyone to bounce off ideas with and be like, oh, is this shit? Is this not shit? Like, what what was that like whole process of setting it up from scratch? Like not knowing what ZFeed actually was even. Yeah, it was um, overwhelming, <laughs> very <laughs> overwhelming. But it was also rewarding to get to the end, I think because I mean, for setting up a website, like, you know, getting your branding done, it's very concrete. Like you can see it at the end, it's visual. Mm. So that was kind of nice to like, you know, do the slog. So I I originally um, had set up a very crappy website when it was kind of initially a side hustle. Um, It wasn't super, it, it wasn't the best, but you know, it was just like, it's your first run at things and it's all a bit slapdash. Like the logo was pretty average. It was something I just made myself. Um, And so as it started to grow, I got new branding done by like a professional um, designer, uh, Alarice Stewart, who was amazing. So shout out to Alarice. Um, But I definitely recommend like anyone, any, it doesn't even have to be media, like any venture. Even if you start out with something that you've just done yourself, at the earliest point that you can get a designer to do your branding because it's just so much better (laughs) than what you could do. Mm -hmm. And it is not worth the hassle of you trying to like figure it out and end up with a crappy end product because people get so much information about your business and what it is from your branding. So I just like, I'm a big advocate of leaving that to the professionals. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And timing as well. Like when you're trying to like learn stuff yourself and like figure out the graphics and stuff, my God, that can take so long. It's just like, it's just not worth it. I'm very lucky because having worked in magazines um, and working in a small magazine team, I learned lots about like InDesign, Photoshop and how to use them from the designers that I have worked with in the past. So I'm lucky that I kind of have a bit of knowledge to begin with, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not something that most journalists or writers would ever like need to know or learn. Um, so unless you're personally interested in doing that yourself, like, honestly, don't bother, get somebody else to do it, <laughs> yeah. get somebody else to do it. Um, so that was, I guess the branding side, but for the website, the website that I have now, which is much better than the original one I had, I actually built that all myself, um, using WordPress. It took maybe like a good week and a half 
to just like power through it. Mm -hmm. It was probably not as hard as people think it will be, but it takes longer than you think it will. Yeah. Like it's it's not that it's not that it's difficult per se, but that it's time consuming to like tweak things and get it right. Uh-huh. Yes. You got to just like change like the smallest of things. And if you yeah. do, then it affects the look. And the thing is yeah. as well, um, cause when I've had to like redo my website and when you redo it and you've just been looking at the screen for so many hours, you're just like, okay, I need to take a break from the screen. Cause I have no idea I'm looking at right now. It just looks like trash. <laughs> and then you like go exactly. back the next, then you have to go back the next day and be like, Oh, why did I do that? I was half asleep. Why did I do that thing to that? That looks, t- yeah, it's, it's a very long, tedious process, but I do get what you mean. Like, it's not, it's not like something that's like very difficult, but it's just very tedious, very long setting it all up, but it is so professional, your website. I love it so much. I wish, I wish mine looks like that. Cause mine's just Wix. On Wix. Yeah. Wix. Yes. I set it up on Wix, which is very, they've like very much like baked, like made it very basic. It's just like a, like a little kid could do it pretty much, but <laughs> Yeah, I need to, I think I will eventually transition to WordPress, but it's, yes. When I have like a week or two off, that's definitely going to be yeah. on the list for me. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So I have to talk some about, time out to do it. Yes. Oh, yes. So I have to talk about that as well. Social media part of it all. So you have over 13,000 followers, which big congratulations. I know, oh, I know the struggle of just trying to get over that 10K because that's always a big mission. What's it like being able to reach out to so many people and like actually have people use your knowledge your research your information to get their news like knowing because when I like I know like some people think like oh like you know there's people out there with millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers like big news corporation news organizations but like if you think about it if you had like over 10,000 people in front of you that's a lot of people mm-hmm. <laughs> what's that it's like wild. it is isn't it so what's that it's like being able wild. to? It's mm. wild. I, it's amazing. It is amazing. And it's like what you, I'm sure that you will be able to relate to this. It's like this thing of as you're growing, you think that there are milestones that you're like, once I get to 10,000, I get the swipe up links, like game changer. I'm yeah. going to be so happy. This is going to be amazing. And then you get there and it is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is amazing for like a few days. And then you're like, it, it, the, the growth is addictive. It the growth is, is really it? addictive. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that many times I'll go to my partner and be like, look, look how many followers I've got in a day. And I, he, he's very supportive. He's like, oh my God, that's so good, babe. I'm just thinking to myself, he probably thinks I'm a nutter. I'm just so focused <laughs> on numbers. Like I'm obsessed with numbers, like, when I get like, like, I love when you get like, um, like a spike from like a particular post. That's Mm -hmm. always so lovely. You're just like, yes, why can't every post be like that? Why can't every post get that big spike? (laughs) And it's funny you mentioned that because like all of the growth that I have had has been from one post. So I was on like 900 ish, um, followers in like April, May last year and that had been like slow yeah it had been you know slow growth and I that didn't bother me to be honest like I wanted to get to you know a thousand fifty hundred like I wanted to grow it don't get Mm. me wrong but I Mm -hmm. but I wasn't like I need to be at 10k by the end of the year it was just it was a growth thing but then the post that really blew up last year was um the one about how Australians could help people in the states who are protesting against George Floyd's murder by police 
I remember um, this one actually. Yes, I remember this yeah. one. Yeah. So I re- distinctly remember I was at home. I mean, everybody was at home in my last year. Um, this had happened. It was on, you know, it was on the news everywhere. Like the protests were kicking off in the States. And the evening before I had seen a girl, um, someone who I follow in the UK, she's a designer and she had done a post about like how you can help the protest from the UK. And I was like, that's a great idea. I also hadn't seen any Australian outlets do a similar thing um, from an Australian perspective. That was a Saturday night. So on the Sunday morning, I was like, great, I'm going to do this today. So I sat down, did it, like took my time, made sure it was really good um, and posted it at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I, it got traction immediately from like my followers, which I was like, this is doing really well. Like, awesome. My followers love it. Like, this is great. I'm happy. But it just didn't stop. (laughs) It did not stop. It was being, the speed with which it was picked up was honestly like, it was a little bit terrifying, but also exhilarating. It was being picked up by celebrities here, by people in the States, by people in the UK. It was being shared everywhere. Oh, it's amazing. The reach on that post ended up at being well over like 300,000. So this ah. is an account that had 900 people on it. Uh-huh. Obviously that brought like a lot of followers and that's what pushed me over the 10K. That pushed me to like nearly 11K, I think, wow. maybe maybe 10 and a half in the space of like a week. That is amazing. Wow. It was crazy. But with that comes like a great deal of imposter syndrome as well because I'm like well it was just one post that Mm -hmm. changed everything and so maybe I was supposed to have faster steady growth maybe it wasn't meant to be from the spike of one thing like I don't know I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram that is where most of my audience is like and I it's so important that I have that way of communicating with them letting them know that stories are up and engaging with them but I definitely I definitely wonder about how it makes me feel about my business, about how it makes other people perceive my business and yeah, whether, whether watching the numbers that closely is a good thing because yeah, some days I'm like, this all just came off one post. Like I'm not that good. Yeah. It can, and it can get also very obsessive. Like I find Mm -hmm. my biggest struggle is say if I get a really, really good post or say if I get a really good week and I get a lot more engagement than normal or more followers than normal. When my worst fear or when I struggle the most is the week after or the days after when it drops. And I'm just like, oh my God, that was just a one-time thing. It's not going to happen again. Am I just going to be stuck down here? Why can't I go be, be, be back up there? Like, I think a lot of people don't realize it's like when you're trying to create a big platform, it's not just like this. It's like yeah. up and down, up and down, up and down. Like it's very... That can be that that can be a lot for me. Like I have to try to remove myself from social media when I do have those troughs because otherwise I just feel like why did I why why am I not like how I was a week ago or a month ago? Why am I not writing as much engaging content as I was? Like I always compare myself yeah. to my previous self. It's yeah, very very not good for mental health. <laughs> no, sure. it's really not. And like you know, we are in a similar space where. A lot of the advice that is out there about growing an Instagram profile or just a social media profile in general, to be honest, but like specifically Instagram, you know, there's lots of like gurus and people giving advice and it's legitimate, right? But it will be like, you know, these are your content pillars, like 
bulk create the content, plan the content, schedule the content, like blah, 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 you got to do this, do that and the other. We exist in a very different space because it is news. So I actually can't, I can plan out and schedule like the memes for a week, which I'll try to do like one one a day so that I don't want to just like sit here and cry because the news is so <laughs> awful. Like I like to have a little bit of lightness. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, so we can plan out the memes for a week, mm. you and I, like the jokes that we want to make. Yeah. But every day, there is some content that's evergreen, but it's like every day I have to create relevant to that day in that moment and post it in that moment. So you have to really be in it all the time. There is no forward scheduling content because who knows what's going to happen like what what I could have a week's worth of content planned out and then something can happen tomorrow that needs to be addressed right away and then you're throwing the whole plan out the window which is so we exist in that new space very differently to how other media outlets who are more lifestyle or other just like Instagram accounts social media accounts who have a different focus or who are in different line of business mm-hmm. I'm jealous because it's easier for them we have to be in that account all the time yeah it's crazy exactly yeah and do you find as well like like you know back in the day before we were having our own platforms our news platforms like you know you could just be scrolling through facebook scrolling through instagram and it'd be like a fun way to relax that's not relaxing anymore scrolling through facebook and instagram (laughs) i save that many stuff are like you know the saved part on facebook and instagram Mm -hmm. oh my god i I did, I, I thought I would try scrolling through the very beginning of my saved Instagram. It took me five hours to go to the very beginning. I saved that much because it, you, you always actually feel like you're working all the time. And I have to ask, because I struggle with this a lot, is like, say if you're just living your everyday life, I don't know, cooking or watching a movie with your partner, whatever. And, you know, you're just scrolling through Instagram, whatever. And then like this big, massive story just comes out of nowhere Do you feel like you have to be like, oh shit, do I need to, should I leave this or should I pursue this before any other bigger organizations try to pursue it? Because I do that all the time. I'm just like, oh my God, because I try to like get it before bigger organizations get it. But then I think I can't keep doing this all the time because otherwise I'm going to have no life. Do you struggle? Because you're one person and they're like, you know, a team of 50. I Mm -hmm. totally get what, I I totally understand that. Do you know, sometimes, sometimes I do but I've been quite deliberate about what Z-Feed is and I'm trying to make sure I communicate that all the time. I don't think I do a great job of it all the time, but, you know, Z-Feed, the focus is explainer journalism and so it's explaining the context. That has been a very um, intentional decision that has a positive benefit for me personally. That is, I don't need to be the first one to do anything Mm. because when something just happened... that's actually like a good signal for me to like, okay, watch this, this is happening, but wait a beat or two because I need to see how some of the context plays out before I can explain it to people. Um, So that has been a good thing that I don't necessarily need to like, you know, drop everything right that second, like open up the laptop and start furiously typing because I'm not trying to, I'm never going to try and compete in that space where I like, I'm rushing to break news as, as we just said, alongside like huge organizations who have journalists working around the clock. Like I don't ever want to be in that space, Mm. but I do want to be in the space of like, if the conversation around that news story has sustained for 24 hours, 
48 hours and people are asking questions about it, that's where I feel like Z-Feed comes in. Mm -hmm. So I need to have been watching the story unfold from the beginning and kind of like making mental notes. I, I feel like what I'm doing a lot more is watching um, watching what the public conversation is and what questions they have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, okay, this just happened. What are people saying about it? Like everyday people, what are young people saying about it? What are they confused about? What do they need to know? And then I'll try and fill those gaps kind of like behind this, the background of those gaps behind the scenes. So I'm lucky in that I don't need to rush, but that like pull to do it really quickly is so powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so powerful. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. You, you want to get something up immediately, but I'm trying to train myself to just like take a minute. And there's always going to be another big story. Like I think that that's always something that I have to tell myself, like say if something very big happens, if I miss it, it's not the end of the world. There's always going to mm-hmm. be another bigger story. There's always going to be newer gossip. There's always going to be something newer happening that people are going to want to get their news as quickly as possible. So like, you're not going to get each story before it becomes like, you know, the um, clickbaits of the week or whatever. Like, yeah, that's something that I, I, I guess for you, myself. I guess for you and I as well, it's like understanding, trying to figure out whether our audience gives a shit about that story it's like part of it oh my god the stress that many times I will write up a post up I'll put a lot of effort in it and I'll be like oh my god yes people are gonna love this and then it just gets nothing and I'm just like oh yeah they don't care about that (laughs) it's just so disheartening especially when you put a lot of effort in and you're just like oh okay (laughs) yeah it's so it's so true and it's hard to know sometimes like some stories you know that's like right in your niche and you know that your audience wants that and will will respond really well to it yeah but yeah sometimes there's like very big especially a lot of the content um that I've been focusing on lately has been Australian politics there's been a lot of big stuff happening but I've having I've been having to make those editorial decisions about whether you know, my younger audience actually cares about the mechanisms behind all of those big decisions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, you know, I just think that we selfishly don't give a fuck about a lot of it. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's yeah. fine. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. We're both journalists, and some people might not know our backgrounds, but we are journalists that do know <laughs> our shit. Do you ever get those nasty trolls that just have to message you and just make you try and feel like a puny little person like they try and educate you and they act as if like you know they run their own media platform and they've done all the research and they've done everything and they know more than you because I've received those people dms in in my um account and yeah that can be that can be a bit intense sometimes it's so fascinating to me like what what people will feel comfortable saying and sending to a an independent, a small independent media outlet that they they may know or they may not know has just like one person or like a face behind it. Mm. Because I don't think that these people would be sending the same kind of messages to 
established outlets, but maybe I'm wrong because I never, you know, when I worked at bigger places, like it wasn't my responsibility to like do the social media. So I wasn't in the, the Instagram inbox or the Facebook inbox of those brands. So maybe people do, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I have, I don't think that I get many trolls yet. Um, but there are a few people who, there have been a few people I've had to restrict because it's hard, right? I don't ever want to be like, I don't ever want to be accused of stifling free speech or like blocking blocking people from receiving news and information because I don't think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But there are certain people who are kind of in Z-Feed's orbit and audience that um, that only like to comment negative things and only on, I was noticing it was like very specific topics. Mm. So I'm like, if you're here to engage and like get the news, to me, that kind of says that sometimes you'll be like, hmm. I think you missed this part of that story or like, I don't agree with this position. Totally fine. But that also means that other times you'll be like, yes, I love this. Totally agree. But if you are only ever popping up saying this is wrong, that's wrong. I don't agree. I don't agree. And I don't want to get too much in the specifics of what the kind of topics were, but they were topics that were about people's identities and not just kind of like bland news topics or very generic subjects. It's very much identity focused. I feel like I have an obligation because the community is like big enough, but not huge to protect members of my community who are from that identity group from seeing things that are just one wrong and uninformed and two hurtful. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been a very fine line. There's also, I don't know if you get this, there's been a trend lately of like people messaging me when they find typos either in articles or or like the graphics of the post if it's in the caption I don't mind because Mm. I can change that so that's like thank you good pickup if it's in the post or the article it's one thing to message and say like oh I saw a typo but I've been getting a few messages lately that was like there's a typo in this and like I expect better and like it's really hard to you know I just can't take it seriously it's really hard to digest this information and I want to be like are you telling me that a typo means that you can't read this story (laughs) like that's crazy that's crazy and every like the biggest media vogue is full of typos Mm -hmm. because that's just like we're but human. That's just people. We're human. We so that's mistakes. been, it sounds so fucking petty. And I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a petty bitch over here, but it's just been bugging me. I'm like, let it go. Yes. Let it go. Uh-huh. Yes. Like it's just, uh, I think, I think there's, I found that there, there was, a, I've blocked them now. There was like certain followers that would just do anything just like to pick any little mistake I would do just to let me know, be like, oh, you're not top shit. You know, like you made all these mistakes. Just like, leave me alone. I was, I was half asleep writing this. I tried my best. <laughs> exactly. And I, a few of them I've actually, cause a few of them have tried to do that little uh, emotional blackmail thing, right. Where they're like, Oh, we've been following you for like ages. Um, really like what you're doing, but I've been noticing a lot of typos lately. 
And um, so for those people, I've when I reply, when I've calmed down and I reply, I've been like, I'm not sure if you know, because I'm not on my account as you know, I'm not showing my face all the time. Mm. Like, I don't know if you know, but I'm a one man band. And then I list out all of the things that that means that I do for Z feed. Mm-hmm. And they very quickly backtrack after that. They very quickly backtrack. So I, I kind of, part of me is trying to take it as a compliment that they are holding my, you know, single person independent media outlet to the same standard of information as the big guys like Mm -hmm. that in one sense is a nice thing but in another sense it's like really unfair (laughs) I know I think people just you want people to hold high expectations for platforms like us but you don't want it to be like unrealistic expectations and just nastiness like you don't want that it's just yeah 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 Yeah. so I have tough but you know what do you do yeah so I have to ask, what news platforms are you loving at the moment? Because obviously, like, I assume, like, yeah, you not only get your news information from, like, key websites, but also, like, some other media platforms as well. What are your favorites right now? I try to read really widely. Um, and so I read a lot of stuff that I, like, don't agree with, which I encourage everybody to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I, I read a lot of things that I think people like wouldn't expect. Like I do read The Australian, um, which sometimes like makes my blood boil. And mm. sometimes I and sometimes I'm like, yeah, I totally agree mm-hmm. with what's being written here. So I try and balance like if I notice that I'm reading lots of The Guardian, it's like read lots of The Australian and like see how they kind of meet. I've been reading lots of like um, American uh outlets at the moment who are doing really interesting I don't know what you'd call it like internet viral pop culture like crossover analysis I don't know if that makes sense but kind of like you know there's a lot of great writing in the states at the moment about how um you know between like YouTube TikTok um Instagram like all of these different social platforms that are kind of like becoming our lives for a certain generation of people are like changing popular culture and changing our lifestyles in really interesting ways mm-hmm. good and bad yeah. um so there's a lot of that interesting analysis coming out of the states um I'm also really good friends with the girls from Centennial Beauty who oh, are a viral are yeah oh, yeah they do so like cool viral culture um internet culture kind of like news and analysis and they're Australian um they're doing they're amazing their platform is like so cool so interesting they've been like first to a couple of stories which is like the dream and they're just like going great guns so anyone who's interested in like TikTok YouTube creators and not just like news about them but a really good analysis of what it means for people and like, like how it kind of intersects with the way we, that we live. Um, highly recommend listening to Centennial Beauty. They're really yeah, good. I love them. Yeah. And it's just also really nice as well. I've have witnessed there's like this real big growth of independent news platforms that are just killing it right now. And I just love it so much because when I was a uni, when I was studying journalism, I thought my only path to becoming a journalist was to work for a particular corporation. And I always felt like, oh, what if my values don't align with them? But it's just so cool to see so many people start their own successful news platforms. Like, for example, like shit, shit you should care about. 
love them. Yeah, I love those girls too. They're great. I adore those girls. I love them so much. What? Oh, they were on a podcast recently. It was um, Happy. I forget what it was. It was the podcast with the um two girls. Like the, but yeah. Anyway, they were. I just I love them, and um, also the guys from Daily Oz as well. Like I just love what everyone that everyone's just like starting their own news news platforms because like you don't have to just work for a big corporation there's so many different ways you can be a journalist and be involved in the the news format yeah it's it's interesting like I've been reading a lot you know as well about the media business at kind of you know at large the news business in general um, and how it's changed so much and where those changes are heading because you know one thing I will say that I'm like very wary of and trying to be really conscious in my decision making is like the bulk of my audience right now um, is on a platform Instagram that I don't own so I don't have any connection with this audience if Instagram decides to change how it works to pull out of the country to not allow news anymore which Facebook obviously already gave everybody a really big scare this earlier this year Um, and Instagram's owned by Facebook so I'm I've been very consciously trying to not worry too much about, I guess, what in the media business you'd call off-platform audience, which is, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, Mm -hmm. and really trying to focus on growing the on-platform audience. And for me, that platform is the website um, because that is the only, and, you know, build up a newsletter and things like that because at the end of the day, that's my only real contact with my audience. And there are some fascinating discussions being had, again, particularly out of the States, because they're probably just like about 18 months ahead of us on a lot of this stuff, just about what all these changes really mean for media, for journalism, for news. Um, You know, what is this like new culture of independent journalists owning their own newsletter, whether paid or free? Um, What does that mean for the business? Like, it's just fascinating, terrifying I don't know it's it's just such a time of change and I think it's it's crazy because that will be the death of a lot of outlets you know independent and big ones but it also represents an opportunity for entry for a lot of people and so I'm hoping that you know the opportunity opens up enough for ZFeed and some other great platforms for Australia to like cement ourselves but it's a crazy time (laughs) It's a crazy stressful type. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, last- I don't know if you've like thought about a lot of that stuff as well, or like how you're growing, you know, nasty woman. Yeah. I have been doing some thinking, like I just, I have like this ongoing list that just keeps getting bigger and bigger that I'm going to keep, that I keep saying to myself, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like I want to get contributors onto the page. I would love to do a newsletter. I would love to have, some sort of platform that people can go to to have like a sense of community and communication but again it's it's just on an ongoing list that I just never get to but hopefully and it's like (laughs) when you're one person it's it it, you never get any closer to the end of the list and it just keeps growing like the dream Uh is to have you know same as you the dream is to have some paid support Mm-hmm. to actually like create more content to create better content and, and just be a little bit more strategic about like how and where we exist but it's such a slog to get there <laughs> what are we doing it's such, <laughs> why it's, are we doing this it's such a slog like sometimes I think like 
like I've had moments where I'm just like, is it all worth it? Like, will like my dream is to like make this, you know, my full time job and be earning good money and to be earning enough money that I could be paying someone else to do mm-hmm. some stuff for me. And that's like sometimes I think like, will I ever get there? But I think I think I think I can. And I think platforms like ours definitely can get there because people are really turning to platforms like ours. And yeah, like you said, there's a really big shift at the moment. It's exciting and nerve wracking, but yeah, I think there's good things to come. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Well, I have to say, Crystal, thank you so, so much for chatting with me today and just making me feel so much better about my stresses with Nasty Woman Club and knowing that it's not all, it's not, it's not just me that has little freakouts about my news media platform, like little things like from graphic design to scheduling to researching like I'm glad someone else is in the same boat as me I know it's so nice to know that we're not just like quietly going crazy on our own here (laughs) (laughs) these are shared problems that everybody's dealing with no it's been such a pleasure thank you yes thank you so much thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the nasty woman club podcast with the fabulous crystal andrews now, if you want to check out Z Feed, make sure you head on over to, firstly to the Z Feed Instagram page. So it's spelt Z E E underscore feed, F E E D. And then also, as well, make sure you check out her website, zfeed.com.au, for more in depth analysis about the news that's happening around the world. She does excellent explainers, could not recommend it enough. But anyway, that is it for today's show. I will see you all next week on Monday for another episode of Rant Mondays. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone. We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yaraga and Turbul people, whose sovereignty was never ceded. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.